How to Be Mediocre by J.D. De Palma, primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin, with assistance by Danielle Masquode, published by Red Penguin Books. Chapter 17. The aforementioned shit hitting the fan. So I have a band, a show lined up, and a list of songs that need to sound even better live than they do on the record. I have a month to get it perfect. Nothing I haven't done before. Though it has been a while, the ambition I usually keep hidden is in full swing. Time to get to work. So each song has the parts that each member will be playing. But there are also a number of parts that we made with either a piano or a synthesizer used on a computer program. Since there's not a lot of time left, we decide it would be better just to have any parts with keys to be pre-programmed and timed to the show to be played through the PA system. All we need is one person to hit play when the cue comes up. Simple, right? Guess again. That's just one delegation for one person. On any crew of people working on a set, there's always a crew manager and stage manager, along with all the workers making the show run smoothly. Everyone has their job, and it is not to be interrupted unless there is an emergency. Though it sounds serious, some of it can be absolutely silly. Hey, dude, you're supposed to be pulling the curtain. Fight me, bro! I gotta put on the stage props. Tough shit, Noodles, I'm gonna do it. You gotta do the curtain, then help to do the third costume change. None of my stage shows are anything close to that, but some can be. Cut to the week before the show. We have two people helping the entire production. One to run errands in case anyone needs anything, and one to do sound. That's not including what needs to be done as far as lights, instrument tech, stage management, striking cues to change bands one after another, and the runner to do errands. Forget one person to do the keyboard sounds. We need an overhaul of people to get this shit done. And since Champ's so lovely, it has all been delegated to me since he has finally had enough and said, You wanted to do this show so bad, you set it up. You ain't paying me. It sounds like a curse. More like a gift. My show? My way. Before anything gets done to get the show set up, let me tell you about everything that has gone wrong in one day that almost got everything cancelled. We are posting the job on social media site that advertises for stagehands. In return, they get beer or entrance to the show for free. All of a sudden, I get a phone call from Champ. Champ! To what do I owe the displeasure? Just wanted to let you know you're being sued for copyright infringement. Cue armpit sweat and a migraine. What the hell? Who's suing me and for what reason? You're being sued by a band in Chicago over the song It's All Over, and it's over the entirety of the song. They say it's far too similar to one of their songs called Over and Out. I have never heard of this band or the song, so how can this be? The dick sends me the song, and I have to say... It makes me nervous. The structure is similar, the lyrics run the same way with a similar message, and even the guitar solo sounds the same. This is bad. Really bad. I called the lawyer for the management company to call the band and ask certain questions. If my phone call was at 10 in the morning, the phone call that would save my ass comes at 4.45 in the evening. 15 minutes before he closed up for the day. Doug... You're all in the clear. What the hell happened? Well, you can blame Champ because he called the band about the song and thought they'd want to hire someone to pursue a suit against you so he can get some money as a finder's fee. 
the band wasn't interested in suing you. Even if they were, they didn't have their song copyrighted, so if anything, they just found out that they're the ones in an actionable position, not you. Can anyone go to Champ's office and beat his ass into the ground, please? You only have to deal with him for another week. Let it go. I thank him and even pay him a small amount of money for having my back. Anything Champ can do to get extra money, he'll fucking do. Next, I get a text from Max. So, what is this about panic under pressure? Hmm. My heart almost falls out of my chest. I play dumb. I thought I just wasn't allowed to use my real name. Not just cut music out like a tumor. Well, Doug, you're my tumor. One of the students was playing a song from your record in the cafeteria the other day. I've been hearing you play and write since middle school, so I know your voice when I hear it. What were you thinking? I was thinking I could do something under a different moniker. I saw the three little bubbles come up and disappear, God knows how many times. After a while, it resulted in this. Look, the school board doesn't know. I only know because I got you to confess it through here, so... I guess it'll be our little secret. Tell me you aren't playing a show at the Roundhouse, though. My response was... I heard that band Panic Under Pressure is opening for Jackie Ill. You want to go with me? God damn it, Doug! Sure, I'll go. But you need a disguise to have plausible deniability, and you don't know me. You don't speak to me, got it? Got it, boss. After I have almost lost my song, money, and career all in the span of one afternoon, I decided to change my underwear after almost shitting myself enough times today. That is until I get a message from Jackie. Hey, how quick can you learn a song? Depends. How hard are we talking? All four chord songs. Jackie, you said a song. What's wrong? So, my guitar player quit, and I'm playing for an hour and a half. So you need to learn 20 songs by Friday night. So, I change my underwear again, and realize these last-minute deals with music will give me a peptic ulcer sooner than I want. Jackie sends me the list, and though they aren't hard, it's a fucker of a set list to learn in a week. So I get put on a schedule of practicing every day with my band, then stay an extra four hours to rehearse with Jackie. Can't wait for this all to be over. So, if all this happened on a Monday, Tuesday through Friday were by far some of the most exhausting times of practice I've ever done. I play for about 45 minutes, then Jackie gets her hour and a half. Every day we go to practice, Ange has to drive me since I am so tired and stressed out. And all that week, if it isn't one thing, it's another. Every day, there is a new problem. Although I love two-thirds of my band, god damn, they can be frustrating. One day, Maggie forgets her music, then spends an hour running home getting her music, and then an extra 45 minutes getting food. By the way, catering was brought to practices. A gift from Jackie, no less. Another day, Nick forgot his capo. A song that requires a capo is already a song that needs special attention. The strings have to be put on properly, and sometimes they break. 
Sometimes an open string with a capo can be nowhere near where you're supposed to be on the fretboard. So when Nick forgot his, the two songs that needed it sounded like absolute garbage. And if that wasn't enough, Jason was... Well, Jason. Every day before he started playing, he'd hand me a newly edited version of his rider. A rider is something a performer needs, or in his case, demands in their dressing room or on stage to be done, or else they cannot perform. Mine is the shortest by far. Bottled water and wet wipes. Maggie asks for water, chips, and guac, and adequate Wi-Fi so she can be on her phone. Nick asks only for peace and quiet for meditation. Yes, his is cheaper, but peace and quiet backstage is damn near impossible. Jason demands at all times to have his coffee filled, a massage station with a masseuse, the furniture to match whatever wall decorations, catering for his entourage, his entourage, to have matching jackets for the gig, and for him to have full access and be able to make changes and final say on the set list. I'm willing to give him a cup of coffee from across the street. I'm not paying for any of this, and neither is Champ. Every day it was given to the stage managers we hired from off the street, and every day we find it in the trash. This is all going to backfire unless something is done. So, on Thursday, he comes in with his newly revised rider, and his new inclusion is to have sunflower seeds peeled and fed to him on the couch while he wears a robe. Not only de-seeded seeds, but seeds in the case, to be peeled in front of him by the lead singer's girlfriend. Oh boy. Where do I start? I don't know where this little shit has the nerve to demand these things. The nerve to be fed things like Cleopatra on a couch, let alone by my girlfriend in this absurd power move. Nevertheless, I did nothing but laugh. I showed it to the entire band and crew before showing Ange. She saw it, took a deep breath, and jumped behind the kit, punching the shit out of him and cursing his ass out. You little motherfucker! Who do you think you are, you misogynistic little shit? I can't wait to see you die alone! <laughs> oh my god. I couldn't breathe I was laughing so hard. He tried to get up and quit, but Nick stood over him, making him cower in fear and said, you're doing this show if you want to keep your legs. And now, you're doing it for free. He sat his ass behind the kit and didn't say a word until he stepped off stage on Friday. The nasty little shit. This has been How to Be Mediocre by J.D. DePalma. Primarily narrated by J.K. Larkin with assistance by Danielle Masquode. Published by Red Penguin Books.